Welcome back to the X Podcast. I am here with Zachary Brown. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? We are at an intimate small table. Is this our Valentine's Day uh... dinner? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. I will say, I think this is the first time I've done the podcast not at the lawn table. Is it? Yeah. Yes. Because me and you, when we've done it before, for some reason we still had the the lawn table. Yeah, the lawn table. Yeah. The the so um, I feel much closer to you. The Putin Tucker Carlson table. Yeah, that's ooh, <laughs> I like that reference. <laughs> Should we go there? For sure. Is it, no, yeah. let's. All right. well, let's not. Okay. Well, happy Valentine's Day to happy you. Happy Valentine's Day to What'd you, you as well. Uh, I'll tell you later. Uh, okay. Yeah. All it's right. really good, though. Oh, nice. Yeah, happy... you, should be, you should be very excited. Great, great. All right. Happy Valentine's Day to all of our listeners and viewers. Yeah. Uh, I heard somebody call this uh, Singles Awareness Month. Mm. Uh, so all the single people out there, we see you. We're, we're rooting you on. We're for you. We are cheering you on. All the uh, married people, not some. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're cheering you on, too. And we hope you find lifelong eternal love. Lifelong eternal love. You know, um, who needs an adoring spouse when you have agape love, you know? <laughs> I mean. Anyways. Uh, yeah, anyways. Um, so. By the way, uh, can yeah. I just say something? Yes. Uh, I'd like to throw a nickname into the ring. Uh-oh. Um, you know, ever since that was kind of like a running yeah. thing, um, people come up and offer their takes on what <laughs> nicknames okay. should be. I've heard this one recently. Okay. Z-Money. When you say you've heard this one recently, was this something you workshopped in the shower this morning? <laughs> no. Uh, there is someone uh, who serves in the landing who, who calls me Z Money. Put him on blast. Too. Every time. No, uh, it's awesome. I, I want to. Well, if you if you think it's awesome, then let's just give him props. Uh, we'll give him a shout out. I don't know if he listens or not, but George Chatters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, that got me. That yeah. got me good. All right, George, if you're listening, we love you. Don't know about how much God gifted you for the nicknaming. We'll, we'll have to think through that. Um, so uh, the other Moore is not with us today. He's a little sick. It's been a. It's been the last week's been an adventure. You've been sick. Yeah. So just to catch up the people and a couple things that they don't care about, mm-hmm. treat you as my journal for a moment. I a week ago from yesterday, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Last Tuesday, you and I met, mm-hmm. and then I went home with a 101-degree fever. Could partially be my fault. I had somebody warn me that I don't uh, let myself rest. Mm-hmm. I'd got done preaching that day. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but uh, after I get done speaking, they say, honestly, they've done stats where they say that depending on the kind of speaking you do and how many services, it has the toll on the body of a marathon. Oh, wow. Um, and that is one of the reasons they talk about like passion and take care of themselves and replenish mm-hmm. and the importance of uh, their mind, body, and soul and all that. But anyways, when I get done preaching, it's either one of two extremes. I'm either just crash, mm-hmm. go home, take a nap, eat horrible food, or I have so much nervous energy, I had to go let it out. Mm-hmm. And it was the latter. And it was a beautiful day. I drove to German Village and no joke, ran a 10K. That's crazy. Ended up doing 30,000 steps that day. Mm. But maybe not wise because by Monday after by Monday night I felt weird. Woke up Tuesday, warned you before we met off site. I feel kind of weird. Went home, 101 degree fever from one o'clock. Crawled up in a ball till that night. But the next day I was supposed to fly to Denver. Felt fever broke. Flew to Denver. But when I got home that night, all the chest stuff started, the coughing. But anyways, been in Denver. Uh, was beautiful. Mm. Uh, and you know the interesting thing. I think we talked about this. The interesting one of the differences between. Colorado and Ohio yeah. is even though it's very seasonal, it's always sunny. So there was mm-hmm. one particular day where it went from like 50 degrees to 18 degrees and snowed us in eight, eight inches, mm. snowed us in for a day and a half. Oh, wow. But even then it was sunny. Sunny. And it didn't feel like bitter, like because, because the elevation, yeah. like it is always sunny, even when it's cold mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't feel as like sharp and mm-hmm. biting, but, but it was kind of sick half the week. It was with family. It was beautiful, but it was kind of sick half the week. No fun. Got snowed in. We got in a wreck. Oh, dang. <laughs> and so the car got destroyed. Oh, no. Uh, but Sounds had like a, your horrible, no good, very bad week. But it, it was we, we got to take a day where we went to Boulder, Golden, Colorado, Red Rocks, which was beautiful, and then Super Bowl day. When I remembered that I had a friend in ministry out in Centennial. And he picked us up, mm. Brian, that you met. Yeah, yeah. And so he picked us up, took yeah. us all to lunch, and then drove us to Denver 
to the city. Oh, that's cool. And we, me, and my, we, me and my sister, we got a place for me and my parents at one of my favorite pubs right by Union Station. Yeah. And we stayed there for hours watching yeah. the Super Bowl. That's cool. And so it's fun. But speaking of Super so, Bowl. Well, you were in Boulder, so did you see primetime? I did not. I you, don't know what that is. You didn't, you didn't stop and see Prime? Coach mm. Prime? No, who is the- Shout out Coach Prime, Deion Sanders. Uh, oh, no, but my dad was on this. Actually, we did stop by the stadium. My uh, dad, yeah. we stopped by the stadium. My dad yeah. snuck in, took some photography. That doesn't surprise me. It, mm-hmm. Colorado Stadium is one of the more iconic stadiums in really? college football history. And um, that program, people don't know it, but it's actually one of the more historic programs in college football. Everyone was like, Colorado, who cares about Colorado when Dion went there? But uh, he's, bring, know he, that. he's bringing it back. Um, love Dion. I didn't he's, know that. He's an interesting follow yeah. on social media. I have heard that he seems to be a controversial figure. So, well, c- controversial, but he also has some just interesting things to say. Like you ever just meet someone who like it's like part coach, part motivational. He's got a crazy conversion story, but he'll often bring his faith like into. He's saying the cameras follow him around twenty four seven. Like you make him sound like the Kanye of college football coaches. There's some comparisons. You okay. can kind of see that. Um, but uh, the other more, um, Pastor Tim, we, we often will share videos back and forth of his speeches and like mm. those types of things. And it, it's an interesting watch if you go and watch that them. Is interesting. Didn't he just get some like toes removed? Uh, like I, lost a bunch of toes or something? It was. That could have happened. I don't know if it happened or not. Oh. So, but he definitely was having some foot issues, surgery, surgical mm. type stuff. and no, I haven't been inside. I don't think, but uh, I have been to a Rockies game, baseball. Oh, that's cool. This that stadium is like also any, like pretty iconic. Any stadiums out there? I feel like with the the mountains and all the oh, games yeah. would be really cool. So, but yeah, you said speaking of Super Bowl. Speaking of Super Bowl, um, so okay, so we're in this like this just it was really cool because it's it a gastropub, so mm-hmm. it was like nice, but big TVs everywhere. That's cool. And you know, I'm I'm very much we've talked about it. I'm a, when it comes to sports, I'm an experienced person. Went in Rome, and so me and my dad are sat right in front of this huge TV. You know, my mom and sister on the other side. My brother-in-law does not like crowds, so we stayed home. Mm-hmm. But we're watching the Super Bowl, and it was it was actually really fun. It, is it was fun. it was a fun. It was an incredible game. Second game ever to go, to go into overtime. overtime. Yep. Um and uh, there was some hilarious. Oh my gosh! Okay, I hate Dunkin' Donuts. The worst commercial. thing ever. Unreal. But that commercial was incredible. Did, have you seen the follow-ups? No. No. So brilliant marketing. Um, I know that's something that we kind of like enjoy and we'll talk mm-hmm. about. But like, so they did the commercial on Sunday, and okay. then the next day, Dunkin' released the outfits they were wearing, like merch, and they sold out. Oh my god! The next day. Well, let me tell you. Something. And then, well, hold on. Then the next day, Tuesday, yesterday, they released like a four-minute outtake version of all of them filming the commercial, and that was just as good, if not better, than the actual commercial itself. That is interesting. You have to go watch it. Well, they they need this. They need some healing and recovery. Number one, because Dunkin' Donuts tragically is, you love their coffee. Well, here's the thing: Dunkin' Donuts tragically is Dunkin' Donuts. Um, so, uh, yeah, hot garbage water. If you like that for coffee flavor, uh, number one, number two, if you crave donuts, but don't really want a donut, but want some cakey doughy thing that we know has been frozen and shipped <laughs> that they, they, they then, well, they don't even warm it up. They kind of put like frosting on top. It's kind of like lipstick on a pig and they serve it to you and charge money. And there are people that buy it. Let me tell you. How uh, and then did you see, uh, 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 Colbert did a whole thing on this a few weeks ago, but, um, a toilet exploded on a customer. Dunkin Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts, they're being sued for it right now. No. Um, so yeah, they need some. Uh, they need some help. They need some positive rep. Yeah, yeah. Well, they got some. They got they some. Won they got some. Commercial of the night by far. Mm-hmm. I did see some funny. Speaking of commercials, everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, Tom Brady's finally retired. He's no longer in the Super Bowl. We don't have to see Tom Brady anymore." And then he was like in seven commercials. <laughs> <laughs> he had to find a way in. Yeah, I know. It was like, come on, man. Like your time in the sun's. A, over like just go away and you know what i will say i feel like they did a tasteful job of the way that they showed taylor swift yeah what i mean by that is i i wondered like people are just so weirdly passionate like oh my gosh leave her out of it or everybody's just watching it to see her but i thought they did a good job of like they didn't they didn't pan to her other mm-hmm. than like a few times when it mm-hmm. made sense, but they didn't try to ignore the elephant in the corner yep. that so many people were yep. watching and waiting yeah um, who were you cheering for, by the way? The Chiefs. 
you were okay. Oh yeah, love. Uh, the same thing with Tom Brady. This a little controversial because people like uh, this is what happens. They, the Chiefs were like this up and coming team. People liked them for Mahomes' first couple of Super Bowls, but then eventually, uh, you know, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain, and that's what's happened with mm-hmm. the Chiefs and Tom Brady, and then people don't like them. But for me, mm-hmm. and I have a track record of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I love rooting for greatness. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. and, and it's an attractional quality for me in my sports teams and p- players that I follow and that I love. So, so you don't fall into the anti-exceptionalism that is pervading American culture right now where we villainize anybody who succeeds? I would say that I don't, <laughs> except for certain individuals. <laughs> like Elon Musk. <laughs> like Elon Musk. Yes, <laughs> okay. I, knew, I knew that's where you were going with okay. that. Um, I actually wasn't until you gave that caveat answer. Yep, there we go. Um, but um, I think that for those reasons, I really was rooting for the the Chiefs, and my wife is a big Swifty, so you know she was jumping on the Chiefs bandwagon. So people hate on me and you because back in the summer when it was okay, would you go to a Taylor Swift concert or a Beyonce, Beyonce concert? We both said Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Uh, two Swifty facts, real quick. Over under, um, was she on this the broadcast for more than a minute? Was she over a minute or under a minute? Wait, what? Over under. Okay, I'm gonna set it at one minute, six, sixty seconds. Was she on the broadcast for more than a minute during the Super Bowl or less than a minute during the Super Bowl? It's probably close, but I would say more. No. No, she's under. She was only on the broadcast for 58 seconds. What do you think? Did you see the whole thing? of? I'm sure you did. People losing their minds because she chugged a beer. Yeah, I saw that she tried to be. <laughs> I didn't see people losing their minds. Oh, about it, but oh were, yeah. yeah. Oh, people were losing their minds. That's funny. Speaking of people losing their minds, actually, yeah. one last question. Yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say that the other Taylor Swift. No. Okay. Uh, there are some rumors. I don't know if this is true or not, but that Kanye tried to get into the Super Bowl, and that Taylor Swift made some phone calls and actually had him kicked out of the Super Bowl. The rumor mill. I know. It's crazy. Did you see this in People Magazine? <laughs> no, it was <laughs> actually all over Twitter. Uh, okay. But yeah. Um, and it's interesting, both Taylor Swift and Beyonce made announcements around about this time. Yeah. Use the, these moments. Country themed album coming from Beyonce. I know. Taylor, the Grammys announcing she's got a brand new. I mean, oh. what a name. Torture Poets. What was it? What was it the Torture Poets Department? S- or that or Society. Or Society or whatever. Yeah. Coming out with a freaking emo, emo album. You're come, excited. Come on, Taylor. I love you. Yes. I don't mean that in any offense, Travis, just platonically, but yeah. I'm excited. Um, okay, but, speaking of people losing their minds. Yeah. Well, actually, one last question. Uh, halftime show, yay or nay? Oh, enjoy it? so good. I saw someone. I think said this on Twitter. It was like those first couple uh, beats or notes from the song "Yeah" uh, from Usher. It's like uh, secret sauce, or mm. uh, it's a psyop designed to get um, <laughs> middle-aged millennials excited and <laughs> off the couch. And it's so true because that's kind of like when Dre and Snoop took over a couple e- years ago. E- exactly, because like when that song comes up, I'm instantly back in my junior prom. Uh, I wish we had footage. Yeah. I wish we had footage. Yeah, I unfortunately couldn't hear it because of where I was. Yeah. But it looked awesome. Yeah. And I will say, I don't know why, but the moment I finally, even though I couldn't really hear it, the moment I started like bobbing my head was the moment the ludicrous came out. Yeah. I don't know why I was like, oh, that, that part. And you know he's from Atlanta. I did not know that. Uh, ludicrous and Jermaine Dupree uh, are from Atlanta. Um, a girl I used to date was, worked at um, the Atlanta Fish Market. And is like the one of the top restaurants in the country, and Ludacris would always go there and eat That's there. Funny. And, and wonder, you know they have that famous rap song, "Welcome to Atlanta." Oh yeah, yeah. I wonder how many teenage boys uh, were probably asking their parents the question. Wait a minute, the guy from the Fast and the Furious raps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. And then did you see there was a meme of um, they're like, I knew this looked familiar, and it was a scene of all them, and then it was a scene of. Uh, what was it, dodgeball? Oh, <laughs> they still yeah. Are, and they're all like, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, let's get to something real. Yes. Uh, so speaking of people losing their minds, yeah. Um, I don't know. This has been one of probably the blessings of not being on social media a ton recently. But apparently, people lost their minds over this year's He Gets Us campaign. Yes, they did. And if you're not familiar with it, uh, it is a, a. There's some people that have raised millions of dollars. Mm-hmm in an effort to rebrand, so to speak, Jesus. This started last year. There were, I think, two commercials during the Super Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. I think it started before the Super Bowl, but 
they really kind of broke in last year. Yeah, like year. seated in. Yeah. And their whole thought is um, this is the biggest cultural moment mm-hmm. to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And they want to tell the story that the current image we have of Jesus, of angry, judgmental Jesus, is not the accurate one. And so they're, it, it's uh, very, you know, progressive, probably leaning in terms of painting a picture of the love, mm-hmm. loving side of Jesus. And this year's made people lose their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, what have you heard? What have, what have been some of the things? Well, it wasn't even on social media. I mean, I saw this on w- one of the regular sites that I visit that I feel like is um, presents both sides um, in terms of being partisan, but is Newsweek. And I saw an article in Newsweek just about how um, conservatives were losing their minds. So both sides of the coin. So if, if you are more left-leaning um, – just in general, I don't mean necessarily politically or uh, when it comes to spirituality or whatever, but um, if you're more left-leaning, people seem to have questions on, um, like, what is this? Um, first of all, there's a lot of people like, what's this foot-washing thing? A lot of people didn't know or understand, like, where that comes from in the Bible and, and kind of the history and the importance of that moment where Jesus, was, uh, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And then there's questions like, um, wow. They're, this company, or he gets us this organization, they're spending millions of dollars on a Super Bowl ad trying to rebrand Jesus. Yeah, how, how many? How, what's the like per second? For I don't Super know Bowl what it was th- this year. I mean, it's 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 millions. Yeah, I mean, for thirty seconds, you're talking in the tens to maybe hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the people on the left were saying, "Well, you're trying to rebrand Jesus. Can you have taken that money?" And um, actually helped people out Mm -hmm. uh, people who are in need of uh, financial aid or or help or whatever the other thing that I've saw criticized from people on the left was well if they can afford it's funny um, people don't understand that that was an organization Mm -hmm. um, kept saying there was a church yeah behind this and it's like well it's not a church It's, 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 it's an organization but people kept saying well if the church he gets us can afford to do this then they should be able to afford to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. That's kind of another big talking point that's come up over the years is that um, religious organizations should have to be able to pay taxes yeah. and do that sort of thing. The, the criticism on the right, just to round out your finish your question, yeah, um, I, I think was criticism based off of the type, specifically the imagery based in the commercial. Mm-hmm. So like you mentioned, a lot of, I would say progressive in terms of situations you had people who would normally be opposed on on both sides of uh an argument or an issue mm-hmm. um serving one another doing different things like that and so wrapped up within that kind of imagery there's the message of jesus didn't teach us to hate he taught us to love and people saying well that's not really what the gospel says mm-hmm. uh you know there, there should be a dividing line between sin and not sin and and people just saying that that's yeah it's not a good gospel yeah, so interesting. I think, um, w- w- you know, you and PT were talking about this, and of course, when I when I was there, I didn't see it. Yeah. So when y'all were talking about all this controversy, I just had to go and you know, I listened to some of the critique, mm-hmm. and then you showed me the full minute, you know, clip of it. it, it and in my mind, maybe it helped as we go through this. There's like seems to be three primary issues: mm-hmm. um, the money issue. Yep. Uh, the gospel message issue mm-hmm. and the effectiveness issue. Mm-hmm. So maybe we could go through one by one. Yeah. Um, money issue. Money. So from like what you're saying, uh, a whole lot of the left is like, you know, if, if they could, what, what could they have done with this money Yeah. instead of this? Yeah. And has there been much of that on the right? No, Yeah. not too much on the right. Yeah. And the only reason I ask is because, for me, it, I don't know. I'm always so amazed at the hypocrisy of the way people talk about money spent. Mm-hmm. And people just seem to get up in arms. Seem Usually, it seems on both sides. Yeah. Uh, about any amount of money being spent, which I just find so funny. Uh, you know, on, on the left. Yes, you're, you're right. Like, there's not, it's not a church. <laughs> it's not, it's not a parachurch ministry. It's not an organization. It's some fundraisers. Mm-hmm. It's some business people that want to take and fundraise money. And I, it does seem so striking to me that 
I don't think probably anybody on the left got offended that Dunkin' Donuts spent millions and millions and millions of dollars just so they could sell more donuts mm-hmm. or make more money. Right. But if it's but if there is a possibility there's a God that loves humanity, mm-hmm. uh, we would throw stones at them for raising millions of dollars to try to paint a story that humanity might need. Mm-hmm. On the right, if there is the only reason I bring up the right is because I think sometimes you're good. No, I was saying the criticism more I heard from the right was that money could have been used to maybe yeah. help people in need. Oh, so there were people on the right. There, yeah, that. but it was more that angle of like helping people in. And need. And the reason I find that hilarious is because I bet those same people watch The Chosen. Mm. <laughs> my my, I told you my friend. I have some buddies in Greenville that always give me a hard time because I haven't watched it, and I'm not hating on The Chosen. I've I've watched a I actually watched one episode with you and Rebecca. It's so and good. and it was amazing. I love it. You know, I, I I've been resistant for a long time because mo- usually Christian. TV and movies are so cheesy, but the yeah. acting is incredible. Uh, there, a couple times, there's been certain scenes that have come popped up on my YouTube algorithm, and yeah. I've watched it and wept. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is good. Yeah. And so one day, I'll probably watch it. But I also have friends in ministry that work trying to build up the local church in inner cities and barely have the money, and they're really, really frustrated because they're like, you know what? Like, if we have millions of dollars to spare why not give it to people that are on the ground actually trying to advance the gospel in cities instead of spending billions of dollars to entertain suburban Christians? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just say that, not to knock the chosen, but I bet the same people that would get mad at a commercial would definitely sit down and indulge the millions of dollars that have been spent to create Christian entertainment. Mm-hmm. And so it just, I don't know, it always strikes me the hypocrisy that whenever people want to spend money on something they believe in people find a reason to tear it down why do you think that is i think we are judgmental at the core right now in part i think we have a weird unhealthy relationship to wealth in our country right now to where on both sides yeah i think uh i think it's worse on the left i think there is a, a narrative right now on the left um that wealth's evil um, I, I'm I, I'm going to sound like one of the Fox News talking heads right now. If you if you know me, I'm I'm usually contrarian to both sides. But I, I do I do believe there are socialist and Marxist undertones uh, that have seeped into this almost like this uh, European tall poppy syndrome. This um, uh, me and my sister because <laughs> it's funny. My um, I have a lot of family that be probably on the far right. And then my sister would admittedly be on the far left. Mm-hmm. And I, I always feel kind of caught in the middle of so me and her. We had fascinating conversations um, our, our last day together once my parents had left. And just about, I, I think there is, and, and I think the more we talk, the more she admitted, that there is a general distrust on the left towards those that have wealth on the right. Mm. Um, that bleeds into, I think, why even some people on the left think people on the right make certain policies. Mm-hmm. And I have no doubt there's greed. Mm-hmm. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the way certain people on the right tend to view economics, I think the way they tend to view a meritocracy and capitalism, it just it um, is in contradiction to the values on the left. Mm-hmm. And so I just think there's a general distrust. I think there is an unhealthy relationship towards wealth. Mm-hmm. I think we... I, I also think there's a narrative right now, especially on the left, that views everything through oppressor oppressy. Mm-hmm. And so if there's anybody that's succeeding, mm-hmm. we, we find it easy to villainize them. Mm-hmm. I also think psychologically we tend to view people through the lens of what's inside us. Mm-hmm. And if we're not generous people and we're not trusting people, we tend to just – I think we're in a season – and this is on both sides. I think we're in a season where there is not much charitable assumption Correct. for anyone's motive – for what anyone, how anyone succeeded, for what anyone wants to do in the world, for why anyone's doing what they want to do. Hmm. I agree. I don't know if I could say it better myself. I, I, it's sad that that is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I think the only thing you didn't hit on is that it, people display a, a stunning level of cognitive dissonance when it comes to understanding the way media and storytelling even works i mean mm-hmm. throughout h- h- the history of humanity we have been a storytelling people a mm-hmm. group like that that's how we receive information yes that, that's how we like communicate with one another and mm-hmm. so i think 
whatever organization is mm-hmm. using their money for to tell stories. Like that's just what people do. Yes. And so it's like if he gets us has something on their heart that they want to tell a story and try to get mm-hmm. out to the world, there should be nothing wrong with that. In the yeah. same way, and they're raising their own money to do it. Yeah, and in the same way that you probably receive information from yeah some other organization or some other person mm-hmm. that has fundraised and raised money and spent millions of dollars mm-hmm. to send stories and messages to you that you've received. So mm-hmm. we're just picking and choosing which stories we want to believe. Yeah. No, that's and, a great point. It, it's been said before, the future belongs to the person who tells the best story. Correct. And whether you're on the left or right, you do realize that billions of dollars are spent for Republican and Democratic Party to tell a story. Yes. Because you think that story matters and needs to be amplified. Yes. So if there's a group of people who want to fundraise their own money to tell what they believe is the greatest story ever told that people need to hear, mm-hmm. they can do it. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so there's the money issue. Money issue. Here's a gospel issue. All right. I'm, I'm, what, can I read one yeah, thing? Yeah. I want to read one thing. I'm not going to say this pastor's name um, just because I don't think that's right. Um, but this person did put out on a public forward-facing social media, so I feel like we can comment on it. Um, they, they cited Luke 14, verse 26. Um, just that one verse. No context around it. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters yes and even his own life he cannot be my disciple super bowl ads to offend christians and virtue signal to unbelievers is the soft woke evangelifish church lacking spiritual vertebrae we don't get him if that could sum up the gospel uh things there So, I I have so many thoughts towards that. I'm gonna probably temper my my thoughts. L- let me go to something a little bit more mild. Mm-hmm. N- not to not respond to that, but something that I saw someone post. It's a friend, an acquaintance I have in Atlanta yeah. that's also a pastor. Yeah, and he shared one of those Instagram things that has all the slides, mm-hmm. and the slide was also going against that he gets his campaign. And it, each slide was like basically a former whatever center. So mm-hmm. it was like former, and it would highlight the word former, mm-hmm. former in yellow drug addict, former alcoholic, former, it said former transgender, yep. former this. Mm-hmm. And then it says he gets us and he gets us enough to confront our sins and not leave us where we are or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I saw that. And I mean, you may push back on me or we may look at this the same. We've not really talked about this, mm-hmm. but I got to be honest. My first response was shut up. Mm. I am convinced in this modern, toxic, fundamentalist version of Christian subculture we have where if you don't say all the right points and all the right verses and everything that makes current Christian Pharisees feel comfortable, mm-hmm. I'm actually convinced as intense as this may sound that Jesus himself wouldn't pass the gospel test today. Mm. I mean, think about, think about Zacchaeus, mm-hmm. right? Like th- think about, just read the gospels. Think about Zacchaeus, yep. tax collector, thief, yeah. sinner. Mm-hmm. Jesus comes to him. It doesn't tell him to repent. Doesn't doesn't I, he? And, and I'm not demeaning. Part of me empathizes with these people because there is a prophet side of me, and I understand the importance of not taking away repentance from our preaching. Yeah. But I just want. But think through the, these most of these stories in the gospel. He just says, he looks at this guy that is that everybody would disagree with, that everybody would look at as needs to repent, and he just said, "Hey, you want to hang out tonight? Mm-hmm. You want to have dinner?" Mm-hmm. And then in the entire story, we actually don't see a moment. Correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't read it today, but from my memory of reading it a thousand times, I don't remember a moment where Jesus tells him to repent. Where he stops and like corrects him and does that. Yeah. yeah. He, they hang out. Mm-hmm. And just by being around Jesus, who built a bridge like he always did through relationship first, mm-hmm. through love first, just by being around Jesus, mm-hmm. Zacchaeus wanted to become a better person. Yeah. And literally, repentance came in his heart because of the love and the kind of human being, the son of God that he was around to where he eventually said, oh my gosh, I want to change. I, if I rip somebody off, I want to uh, you know, pay restitution fourfold. I want to give back all I have. Jesus, I'll follow you. And Jesus says, today the kingdom has come. Jesus 
rarely, Jesus never started with repentance. But if somebody today, if that happened today, in the, our modern culture, some would say, Jesus, uh, no offense, but where was your repentance in the middle of that? Mm-hmm. Jesus, no offense, but where was truth in mm-hmm. the middle of that? Jesus, I, I, I think it's great that you loved Zacchaeus. I think it's great you posted with him on social media. I think it's great you had dinner with him, but, but where did you tell him about how wrong he is? I actually don't think in our modern have-to-hit-the-five-bullet-points version of Christianity, Jesus would have passed the gospel test in most of his gospel interactions. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with us? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what is wrong with us as a culture? You should not be more upset at that commercial that is trying to just replace a bad taste in the mouths of people who've been burned by a loveless picture of Jesus as you should be at how toxic and judgmental and hateful the church has become, that there are people that actually feel the need to raise and spend millions of dollars to actually convince the world that Jesus actually is loving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, sorry, one no, last thing. Fine. And by the way, not to put words in the mouths of the creators of this commercial, but I don't think they ever endeavored or claimed to be presenting a full five-point gospel sermon. No. It was a 15-second commercial Mm -hmm. that i think they were just trying to create a conversation off of number one and number two to replace a bad taste in people's mouths who had only seen a judgmental unhealthy christian subculture yep yep no uh, it's so true i i think and we get into this because i think this is point three but the whole reason why they created this specific ad but to me the criticism that's that's lobbed at these particular uh, ads feel very lazy to me like it's just it's just it's picking and cherry picking verses and and context and throwing things out i will say in your example your example is, is good I, I i think there are moments where you do see jesus like for example heal someone and then he does say oh no, for go, sure go and say no more i'm not taking away jesus repentance i mean jesus yeah. hit woman at the well he loves her okay. and then at the end go yeah. and send no more yeah, yeah. or the w- woman who's caught in adultery you know go and send no more yeah. jesus absolutely calls for repentance yeah but my point is he doesn't meet all of our specific like doctrinal points mm-hmm. romans road that we want to be a part of every conversation yeah. He approaches everybody differently. Yeah. And sometimes he doesn't even bring it up. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to feel this need to make people a project. Yeah. He loves and meets people where they're at. And mm-hmm. sometimes even just befriending people mm-hmm. by being around them changes them. Mm-hmm. It, it's to me, the frustration I feel is that people leap to criticism. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, it's not even thinking through intelligently what, what, what are they trying to say? Yeah. And, and being uh, intellectually honest mm-hmm. to say, is there something that they're trying to speak to that is um, that needs to be spoken to? Uh, yeah. Like ironically, it's it's funny the the criticism that's being lobbed at the creators of the ad and also the ad itself um, <laughs> almost would reinforce the need for the ad and why <laughs> and why it's they ironic, did it. Ironic, isn't it? <laughs> yes. It's like. We want to show you that Christianity is not full of a bunch of judgmental Pharisees, and then the moment they make it, the oh, judgmental Pharisees get mad. Get mad. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And, and the snarky side of me wants to say, hey, you know what? Their whole goal is to create a conversation, and they won because you're talking about it. Yeah. And so are we. Yeah. I, I just – and and, and the, the people – because I know you mentioned this. There's some people that are like, oh, this they're trying to create a woke. It, number one, again, if – in our divided, divisive culture, it makes you mad that someone is painting a picture of a Jesus that is not for our divisiveness. That might reveal something in your heart, number one. Mm-hmm. It might reveal that there is a conservative echo chamber that you are trapped inside of that makes you view the world through culture war, mm-hmm. number two. And number three, um, if it offends you, to see pictures of Jesus befriending and loving people that you disagree with, liberals, transgender people, gay people, whatever. It's really going to offend you when you find out he died for them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really going to offend you when you find out he didn't just eat with them and love them, but he died for them. Now, let me ask this question. Okay. Because I feel like we're being, I don't want to say one-sided, 
but we are coming down strong on one side. D- do we feel like? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I think I'm, I'm not afraid to admit that I, recently in our culture, mm-hmm. it seems like, and I get why we're doing it. Let me just preface that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like there has been almost this um, over-the-top attempt to present Jesus as love, 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 love Jesus and, and and all these different things like that. Have we gone too far? Because um, because I'm just being transparent. Yeah. I don't. I didn't have a problem with the ad. Like I, yeah. I, I love the ad and love the message and like what's behind it. And mm-hmm. I I wouldn't have any criticism to lie about it. To me. The same kind of like imagery. It just feels like that story has been told a lot. Yes, and it's a little overplayed for me. Yeah, no, I. Does that make sense? It does make sense, and a big part of me agrees with you. Um, so I'm just trying to be fair uh, to, again, to both sides. Again, there there is a there is an old soul prophetic side to the way I'm wired, mm-hmm. um, and you know it's interesting. The Wheeler Circle. They're going through a book that changed my life um, right now uh, called The Fear of the Lord by John Bevere. And, you know, when you read the New Testament, you see this, um, that, that a healthy understanding of God, a healthy walking out mm-hmm. of following Jesus is this one where, you know, Scripture said Jesus came full of truth and grace. Yeah. Uh, Paul says that God, you know, yeah. we're told God is love. Yeah. Paul also reminds us that God is an all-consuming fire. Mm-hmm. He, tell, he says in 2 Corinthians, consider both the kindness and the severity of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard John Bevere say, you know, um, the, on a narrow road of following Jesus, he's given us two powers, the love of God and the fear of the Lord. Like, I do think we have lost reverence for God. I, I, I do think in all of our conversations around how loving God is, we've lost how holy God also is. Uh, so I would say yes and amen to that. I would say that's the church's job, not a commercial's job. Mm. Okay. And I would say... It's a good nuance. Yeah. I, I, I would say that... We don't do it perfect, but I, I think as we continue to grow and, okay, how do we overcorrect and where's the balance? As a church, we're always going to be people who create a wide accessibility for anybody on the path. We're going we're gonna to be bridge builders to meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to endeavor, once they come into... A relationship with God and desire to grow and be formed to make sure we're always presenting the full meal, both love and truth. Yeah. Um, you know, both meat and potatoes, yeah. so to speak. Um, but when it comes to building a bridge with a world mm-hmm. that doesn't believe in God, mm-hmm. <laughs> that thinks that we're irrelevant and hate them, mm-hmm. then if we have 60 seconds in a Super Bowl, uh, I don't think you start with repentance. Mm. That's, really that's not what Jesus did. It's really good. Um, so that's just my thought. Now, to go full circle, talk about effectiveness. Do I think it's effective? Eh, I don't know. Because um, it's funny, on the left, uh, I saw things <laughs> like, um, well, uh, I didn't know Jesus was in defeat. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, fun, yeah. it's funny. Yeah. Uh, but like, uh, foot washing is this like really – um, I mean, it's a powerful moment in scripture. It, it has meaning, but it is also a little weird. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. uh, I, as a thing to show. Yeah, I, I actually really love the heart behind these guys. Yeah. I, I do think, I, I think a few things. I think what you just said is a great point. It seems like, what it seems like is it seems like a group of people that have a desire to simultaneously reach culture yep. with a, a new branding of Jesus yep. and simultaneously are frustrated with how unhealthy and um, dark and harsh the church has been. Yep. Um, but when you are, when you have 60 seconds uh, to create something that communicates a story, you need a clear controlling idea. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like that a, where they've kind of lost their way in effectiveness is they haven't decided who their audience is. Mm-hmm. They haven't decided, am I trying to challenge the church or am I trying to reach the world? Yeah. Or or maybe it's somewhere in between where it's like de-church people. Yeah. But yeah, when if you're if you're trying to represent God to the world and then you go back to kind of an outdated biblical imagery of foot washing, I think you you probably need to rethink some things. Yeah. Number 1. Yeah. 
Um, and then I, I think just number two, like, I think it's great to leverage tech, not to leverage marketing, to leverage social media or commercials or whatever. It's just as long as you understand the limits to what it can accomplish. Yeah. The truth is it can create a conversation, but the, the marketing that actually changes people's lives, Jesus has always and will always spread his message and change the world through people, people yeah. through the relationships you actually have in your life. And what's going to change you is not just when a commercial says this is what Jesus is like, but when you can actually meet at least one person in your life that Who claims to represent it. it, that embodies it, and yeah. actually looks like Jesus. Well, what changes our lives is when the people in our lives that are supposed to be the flesh and, you know, it's, it's, it's cheesy, but people a lot of times will say, you know, you may be the only Bible somebody ever reads your life. And that's what actually changes people's lives. The greatest marketing is people. Yeah. Um, so as long as we understand the limits of it, but... I think the way I'm wired, you know what? I'm cheering them on. Yeah. Go for it. Clarify your message. And uh, don't listen to the haters. And if, yeah. if, if they want to tell a better story, they can raise their own money and tell a different story. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, to me, it, it warms my heart that um, this, even these kind of conversations are coming up. Mm-hmm. Because without an impetus um, for these types of conversations, I mean, how are we ever going to talk about it? Yeah. Because we're just so polarized and we just go to our sides and we don't ever talk that mm-hmm. um, I love that however flawed you think this commercial is or, or whatever, it creates an opportunity to have a conversation, which yeah. is something that they were looking to do. Yeah. Um, speaking of- It worked. Uh, the <laughs> last thing, what was our, your third thing? Was it politics? Was that what it was? Your, it was money? Money, gospel, and effectiveness. Oh, effectiveness. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, let's tack on a fourth one real quick. Politics. Okay. Um, okay. Um, I was reading that the ad, like one of the things that they were targeting this specific one for mm-hmm. was the fact that it's an election year. Mm. And they wanted to show uh, imagery um, of people who would be maybe diametrically opposed mm-hmm. um, on, a spe- on a political spectrum mm-hmm. um, in an act that would communicate serving and loving one another. Mm-hmm. Um, as a way to maybe bridge a gap between people mm-hmm. in a political year mm-hmm. that, let's be honest, mm-hmm. is going to be fraught with tension mm-hmm. and de- and divisive commentary mm-hmm. and thought and different things like that. Yeah. Um, so it just gets me thinking as we head into a political year. Do you have any ten thousand foot thoughts? On <laughs> this is so funny because me, you, and PT have danced around approaching this three different times and yeah. I don't know if I don't know if any of us want to say what we're thinking uh, which I don't know what y'all are thinking mm-hmm. and we talk we talk offline but not, I, not necessarily even around a candidate but just like what's the approach because we all know it's it's going to be divisive this year like it, it's going to mm-hmm. be crazy there, there's going to be it's going to be like a a reality tv show yeah, um yeah like I, I think my two biggest um Going on the whole line of, let, let's imagine, we, we have people that, you know, listen to this from all walks of faith and life, and there's people that listen to this that don't follow Jesus, and yeah. it's awesome, and so glad you are. As somebody who follows Jesus, I, I think two things that just immediately come to my mind is, number one, um, you know, we did a message a couple weeks ago on the power of, of our words, and mm-hmm. our words really tell on us, mm-hmm. and our words really affect people, and our words really reveal what's in our hearts and if we do and are supposed to reflect the god that's is love towards all people yeah the god who didn't just wash the feet of his disciples but died for his enemies yeah then the way we speak about people matters Mm -hmm. and we need to remember that any candidate on any side is a human being Mm -hmm. that god loves and jesus died for and we just need to make sure we don't use our tongue for evil Mm. that's good um that'd be the first thing Second thing, kind of on the other side, though, uh, and this is where I have to watch my emotion because I just have a lot of people I'm really close to and really love that really have a hang-up on the Jesus thing mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people that wholeheartedly love some political leaders who regularly use their mouth for filth and hatred. Mm-hmm. And 
they just I, I I've had two different people that don't follow Jesus ask me separately, Russ, how is it that so many people who claim to follow Jesus back this person when this person and they just go down the list mm-hmm. of all the things they how, how they treat people, mm-hmm. how they talk about people, mm-hmm. what they what they've done, all all the mm-hmm. and. So what I would say is, and that's probably as deep as I'm going to go on that particular side. Yep. But what I am going to say is this, whatever side you're on, left or right, be honest. If you think that person represents certain um, issues that Mm -hmm. matter to you, then own that. Hey, I think this person probably has the best take on this issue, so I'm going to vote this way. But in a world that's watching us... Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, it really confuses people when you act like either one of those candidates represent Jesus. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just say that. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm not saying you need to speak poorly about one of the candidates. I'm not saying you need to be ashamed if you support one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't confuse people by confusing yourself to think that that is biblical to support one of these candidates. Yeah. And don't act like they represent Jesus. Because when we wholesale just rally behind, post about, love, adore, and cheer on people Mm -hmm. that hurt and disparage other people, Mm -hmm. it confuses people that would otherwise be open to the gospel. It's good. It's good. Is that okay? No, it's great. I think it's great mindset uh, in terms of heading into this year. I would say I've got a couple thoughts. The first two are kind of hand in hand, and they're internal. One is something I referenced earlier. Be aware of the stories that are being told to you. It's mm. good on both sides, mm-hmm. and and the stories that are being spun in a way to either make you angry or to mm-hmm. uh, take your attention away from uh, a narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, just just be aware. Yeah. And and. And uh, we've talked about that a lot on this podcast, but I think um, having a hyper self-awareness of um, what the other side may be thinking or saying mm-hmm. is going to help in the conversations, which leads me to point number two. I, I think it feels like, uh, the stats don't bear this out, but it feels like everyone's made up their mind already about who they're going to vote for. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a lot of undecideds. Yeah. But it feels like there's going to be more conversation than ever around mm-hmm the talking points and the issues and and where we're at. So I I just think be aware of how um, whichever candidate Mm -hmm. or issue you're on, whichever way you side, and I'm not here to disparage a candidate or an issue or whichever side we have, there's there's differences between you and I. There's a lot of differences on our staff. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, so much. Just be aware of how maybe one thing that you say could come across as hypocritical or Mm -hmm. maybe in contrast with what you actually believe or vote. Just... I'm not saying that's bad or wrong. Like you just, mm-hmm. or you have to be. I think it's almost impossible to find a hundred percent congruency. Yeah. And and what you think versus the candidates that are available yeah. uh, in today's world. And and you and I have we've talked about this. We've said this in a million different ways since 2020. But it was interesting. I heard somebody ask somebody the other day. They're like, "How do you know what to believe?" There's so many different news outlets. Everybody seems to have an agenda. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're on the left, you think that that Fox has an agenda. If you're, you know, on the right, you think CNN has an agenda. And you think they're all crazy and they're all crazy. And this person asks, like, how do you know who to believe? And <laughs> I loved his response. He goes, you don't. Mm-hmm. Which means the only thing you can do if you're a wise person is just take in a variety of sources. Yeah, yeah. And be aware of the different uh, viewpoints from which they're coming. Yeah. So... Um, listen to, to s- listen and read things from the left. Listen and read things from those on the right. Listen yep. and read things from those in the middle, and just be honest to yourself about the bias and the mm-hmm. the worldview from which they're coming. Yeah, no, that's good. That's really good. Uh, I think just to to conclude my thought on the second one there. Oh, sorry. No, no, you're good. No, but that's really that's owning the story, mm-hmm. like being aware of the story. I think the last thing is just own the te- like own the tension. Mm. That, that is within inside of you because whether you support a candidate who's likely going to be there on the left versus who's going to be there on the right like people are going to pick at 
either their policies or what they've said mm-hmm. or where they're at, and and it's going to be hard to find. Mm-hmm. I just think, especially in today's world, yeah, hundred percent congruence in, in your thought and how you believe. And so, mm-hmm. if if you're like, yeah, I don't I don't agree with this person on this issue, like own it. Yeah, you don't have to like try to shift or or or, or invalidate inva- yeah or validate what they are or even validate your own vote mm-hmm. like you don't have to mm-hmm. you just say here's why i am mm-hmm. leaning towards this person yeah for these reasons and so just being aware of that mm-hmm. internally and the last one when it comes to mindset just in approaching politics this year we've talked about this a lot and this might be a good ending point but um i think the strongest people in the world are the people who know how to love well mm-hmm and whether you're talking to a family member, a coworker, mm-hmm. a friend, or whoever, if your motivation in talking to them politically isn't through the lens of love, then uh, your approach will seem weak. Mm-hmm. It'll seem um, disingenuous. Mm-hmm. It'll seem dishonest. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think really taking time to pause before you speak and ask yourself is my motivation in either correcting or dropping that comment at the water cooler <laughs> or in the family conversation is it motivated by love or is it to to score a point yeah. or to, to 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 make a political point or to yeah. try to get a reaction mm-hmm. or or do all of those things because yeah. if it is maybe this is too bold you probably just freaking shouldn't say it <laughs> yeah like just yeah just don't say it yeah and i just think that um if that was if that was our lens mm-hmm. how much stronger would we appear as as individuals or even as a church i'm talking about capital c church like mm-hmm. as a big church like how much stronger would we appear mm-hmm. um and united if that wasn't our lens yeah no it's good it's a great place to land it's gonna be an interesting season it is let us know if there are i don't i'm not promising we will but let us know if there are touch points along what we've talked about that you think would be good to discuss write us in at podcastthex.church let us know but it's been uh it's good to be back yep. and it's been nice weather here knock, knock on, on wood, wood. I've, I've gone on walks the last two I days know. it's felt love so it. nice love um it. love it it's good to be back it's a good conversation yep um thanks for joining us as always and until next time we will see you at our next conversation around the round table or Putin Carlson table. There we go. (laughs) See you next time. Hey guys, it's Russ. Thanks so much for listening. We really believe if we can get around tables instead of behind screens, if we can talk to each other instead of at each other, we can make the world better. To help us do that, here are a few things you can do to help. First, if you haven't yet, leave a review on Apple or Spotify and hit subscribe on YouTube. This helps more than you know. Also, if you have been impacted by the community out of which this podcast comes, that's X Church. Maybe you're local or you've been touched by the messages and impact across the country, even the world. I want to encourage you to support this work. A powerful life principle is to invest in the people and places that invest in you. And so I want to invite you to do that right now by going to the X.Church slash give. You can give a one-time small gift, a sacrificial gift, or even become a recurring partner. Together, let's keep elevating the conversation, thinking higher, loving deeper, and making the world better. Cheers.